This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 34, The Nervous System in Action. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. All right. Hello and welcome to the YouTube channel, to the podcast. I'm really excited for what I'm going to be sharing with you today. It's something that I've been working with my clients on and it's been also something that has been helping me so much in my journey with chronic illness, chronic pain, and that is about our nervous system states. I haven't done a podcast episode on this yet, and it's something that I've been pretty intensely studying for the last, I would say, probably six months. I think it really started in October. I had a surgery on my jaw. I had a cyst that needed to be removed. It ended up being pretty large, and I develop some pain from it, um, from after the surgery, there's, there's space where the cyst had eaten away at the bone and my bone is regrowing. But after the surgery, I noticed that I hadn't taken pain medication and I took some pain medication to help alleviate the pain and it didn't touch the pain. The pain was still there. And that's really what led me to seek out some information about pain and healing and chronic pain. And it really led me down a journey about learning about our nervous system states. So before we get there, I'm going to talk about that. I first wanted to introduce you to this idea of anything in the future being a possibility. So often we think that we know what the future is going to be. We can predict what will happen based on what's happened in the past And that does happen a lot. If you are always consistently living from this is what happened before, so it's going to happen again, it probably will. But you don't have to. There is another way. And this kind of idea that I've been tinkering around with over the past few weeks has been one of possibility. And I literally like to imagine that there's just a shelf in front of me and there's all these options on the shelf. And leaning into the possibility of the future is as simple as me thinking about what I desire and taking that possibility off of the shelf and just putting it in my cart. Yeah, I want to have a really great relationship with my kids in the cart. What else is possible for me out there? Ooh, I'd like to have some new clients in my business. Okay, I'll just put that in the cart. And as I've been focusing on that possibility of what I have the potential to be able to create based on my desires, what really speaks to me, that has been such a fun way to look at life. It's been a fun way to experience these past few weeks. And you might be thinking, what does this have to do with your nervous system states? But really, when I am in that possibility angle. (laughs) My mind is focused on possibility in a positive way, in an intentional way. It's really what I'm going to be feeling and creating those emotions for myself from really buying into that 
realm of possibility and the possible possibility of the future being even better than I could have imagined. So it's really fun and it gets you into that emotional energy state of being really open. And that if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I have a dry erase board behind me that has some things, some, uh, some words about our nervous system state. So I'll go ahead and start talking about that. So the first thing is that if you have ever had something scary happen to you before you even had a thought of this is scary or this is dangerous, you probably noticed some emotion, some tension, some, some sort of vibration sensation in your body you may not even be able to describe it because it's just always happens for me. If I feel like this sucking in this sudden, like <gasps> I know that I am in a response, which is the fight or flight response. You're probably really familiar with that. Whenever you feel fear, we go into this response. We go into this fight or flight response. Now on the board, I have a few more written up there. Have, there's four total that I like to really think about. Fight or flight and freeze or fawn. So if you have something happen in your life, a circumstance that happens, and your brain has a story about that thing being dangerous, you're going to go into this nervous system state where you're escalated, your heart's going to beat faster, your blood's going to start pumping. <laughs> this actually happened to me while I was driving today. I was driving to an event and I, for some reason, was looking at the car in front of the car in front of me and I thought they were going pretty quick and I didn't notice the car in front of me was slowing down. Just my manner of focus. I wasn't so focused on the one in front of me. I don't know why, but I stopped suddenly. I, I had plenty of room to to stop. I wasn't in imminent danger, but my body reacted like I was in danger. I noticed my heart rate start race, my heart start racing. I noticed I was gripping the steering wheel. I noticed that I was clenching my jaw, all of this. And I was like, ah, I'm in an elevated nervous system state. And a lot of the scientific people will tell you this is the sympathetic um, nervous system state. When you are in the sympathetic state, it's that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Now fight, we know that one pretty well. It's like if you're in a dangerous feeling, a dangerous situation that you're perceiving as dangerous, and it might be, maybe many people would agree that it's dangerous and you feel that fight, you might want to push against something or um, just however you feel that. For me, I actually do get into the fight response a lot. I will clench my jaw and that's kind of more of an aggressive one and it's been fun watching myself because I didn't realize how much I was doing that. And especially after that jaw surgery, I was clenching my jaw, having all this tension from unprocessing, not processing fear that I was feeling, feeling like I was, that there was danger. I would clench my jaw and it would create pain, which happens in the sympathetic nervous system state. Our body will, in, will have sensations in us, yeah, we will have sensations in our bodies and then the sensation comes up back up to your brain and then your brain is the one that interprets it and decides, is this dangerous or is it not dangerous? And if it decides this pain is dangerous, then you will feel what is called neuroplastic pain. 
And typically neuroplastic pain is any pain that persists after an injury has healed. So that's why it's been really fun for me to learn about. Um, I keep getting my, my <laughs> I keep getting my bracelet stuck on my shirt. Sorry about that, my dress. Okay, the next thing is the flight. Flight is when you feel like something dangerous has happened and all you want to do is just leave the situation and run away. Okay. The next one is freeze. And this is after your your brain has tried to exhaust these things of either fight or flight and it thinks no, nothing I do is going to help in this situation. You might find yourself, I'm like pointing, here we go, in freeze. And freeze is a very helpless situation, a very helpless state where literally, you know, you see, <laughs> this is pretty funny, but I had a possum outside this morning on our sidewalk that had died. And we knew it was dead because there was flies around it, but we were talking about playing possum. Possums, when they find danger, when they're in a dangerous situation where they think that their life is at stake, they freeze, they play dead. And it is a strategy to help keep them safe and help them to survive. These are all survival state um, strategies that our brains evolutionarily have helped to create to keep us safe. And the final one is fawn. And this is the one that I didn't know so much about. Fawn is that people-pleasing behavior, that putting everybody else first so that if they get all of their needs met, then, then I can feel like I'm safe. And this becomes a problem because then we're not being true to ourselves. You're not being able to have those internal boundaries. And it creates a lot of pressure for yourself to always be trying to please somebody when you don't have any true control over what they think, anybody can think what they want. And if we think, oh, I can, I can people please my way. I can be nice to them enough that they will change. Yeah, sometimes it works, but not all the time because you're not really in charge of that. So it's a maladaptive way of trying to create safety. So if we know the sympathetic, it's not somewhere that I want to stay all the time. Like, how do I get out of it? So let me back up just a little bit. Our sympathetic nervous system is very helpful. Like I said, evolutionarily, it kept us alive. Back when we were hunter-gatherers, we needed those skills to be able to fight the bear, to be able to run away from the tiger. And now we don't have that. We don't have tigers that we're running away from. We don't have big, scary things happening, but... We do have email and notifications, and if we get an email that we perceive as something negative, like my boss wants to meet with me, then you could get scared very quickly. And that thing is actually not scary in that it's going to take your life, but your brain still reacts like it is life-threatening. And then you get the, you know, maybe you get sweaty palms and start to have heart palpitations. All of that is your sympathetic nervous system, okay? And it has its place. If we are doing something that is potentially dangerous to you, you want to stop doing that. If you sprain, fall and sprain your ankle and you break, or you fall and break your ankle, 
you want those danger signals being sent from your brain to your body that says, this hurts, don't walk on this anymore, you're going to do further damage to it. You want that pain to know this could cause more damage. So it is a good thing, but we just don't want to be activated and be in that sympathetic state all the time, which is what we chronically do. We chronically live in a stressed society. We chronically have so much internal pressure, external pressure, and we don't have a release valve to be able to relieve the stress. And so it becomes internal. And many times it turns pain chronic, also turns um, just different health things chronic. So, okay, parasympathetic. So how do you get into the parasympathetic? Well, there's lots and lots of different thoughts about how to do this. And simply what's worked for me recently has been thinking about two ways. And the first way that, that, well, what they're both called is either a bottom-up approach or a top-down approach. Now, the bottom-up approach is referring to your body. It is taking things, doing actions with your body that create safety and soothing and comfort for you. And so it's, it's just, I I'm trying to here, I'll give you a little bit of an example of this. So when I was in the car this morning and I noticed, oh my goodness, I've gone into the sympathetic and I'm running a little bit late to this thing. And it feels, you know, very nervous. And I was very in flight because I was like, got to get there fast. Even so that I didn't see the car that had slowed down in front of me. I was in that sympathetic state. Once I recognized it, I actually loosened my grip on the steering wheel. I relaxed into my body started taking some deeper breaths and giving my body oxygen. So a lot of that, just paying attention to your body. Um, in previous episodes, I've talked about how we, different ways that we can respond to emotions in our body. If you feel like an emotion is scary, <laughs> or if you're feeling fear, you might be resisting or reacting or avoiding the emotion or indulging, telling that story, the same story over and over again, that's really escalating that emotion. So the part of the bottom up body approach would be using the allowing emotions tools. And I talked about Corinne Crabtree. She's got a great mnemonic for allowing emotions. And that's the now, which the N is for notice, O is for open and W is for witness. So notice you're having an emotion, open up to the experience and witness exactly what it is that's happening in your body. So for me, when I'm escalated in this elevated nervous system state, I'll notice I'm feeling some tension. I'm feeling some tightness in my chest. I feel this slow dripping down the back of my throat and I'll describe it to myself until it just begins to dissipate. Now, your nervous system knows the difference between a demand and an invitation. So that now process really helps you to invite curiosity. But if you're demanding to get out of this this different response, this response, this sympathetic response, your body's going to know, and it's actually going to activate your nervous system even further. So it's being able to learn to relax and understand that you can, well, for me, uh, well, 
I'll say this. I like to ask myself, could I do this from a place of calm and starting to understand that it is possible to be calm, even when you feel unsafe and understanding that. So that goes into the next part, which is the top down approach. The top down approach is what a lot of what we do in coaching, which is the thought work. Now, when you're really activated in this sympathetic, it's really challenging to do the thought work. So really the bottom-up approach really does help you so that you can start to begin to think again with your prefrontal cortex and you're not in the amygdala and like all of this um, primitive brain structures. You're in your, your somebody called it your CEO, the CEO of your brain, the one that's able to make those decisions. So you get into the prefrontal cortex and you're able to see and understand what was I thinking was so dangerous Why did I think it was dangerous? Do I want to continue to believe it's dangerous or can I reframe it? Or how can I create safety for me in this, during this kind of a thing that's happening, even if the same thing happens over and over again, how can I create safety? And a lot of that has to do with the thoughts that you're thinking and what you're believing about the situation. Let me give you an example. I have a hard time with blood draws now. I have had some pretty, what people, what some would consider traumatic experiences, getting my blood drawn. And one in particular where I was very dehydrated, they were trying to get a line in and they just kept, I I kept getting veins blown, like vein after vein after vein. And it's, it was challenging. Now I go get um, monthly blood draws. And even though that happened a long time ago. In fact, that that specific scenario, um, I believe it happened. I mean, it was probably, it was between three and five years ago. It was a long time ago. But when I go to walk up to the pharmacy, even though it's not the same pharmacy, we've moved since then, my brain sometimes wants to be like, remember when that happened and that was really scary and you shouldn't go in there, that's really dangerous and it doesn't make any sense. Now, I didn't have the dialogue of my brain knowing what was happening. I just knew in my body, I feel like I can't go in. And I, one time I actually like stopped and sat on the bench and I just started crying. This is, this is a couple of years ago. This is before COVID. I just cried and cried and I just couldn't move forward. And why? Because I was in the freeze response. My, I had been hijacked by my sympathetic system. And I was frozen. And so I needed to be able to start to move a little bit slower in order to move forward. So now that I, once I finished that up and I was out of that situation, then I was able to look at it afterwards and be like, what was I thinking in that moment? And I'm like, this is really dangerous. Now I can use that top down approach to decide is it actually dangerous when I'm just getting a blood draw? It's routine. I'm not in the hospital. Yeah, I can. And I can do some of the thoughts that I use are, I just, I just went and got my blood drawn last week. So some of them are, this is fine. This is different. I'm safe to come in here. And a lot of times I like to focus on some other things. Like I like to focus on the conversation that I can have with the tech and really make a connection with them. And this time I actually made a connection with my lab tech. She had, uh, she was 
had had cancer and was in remission. And so we were able to talk about our experiences with chronic illness and it actually ended up being a really uplifting experience. And I even told her, I was like, I'm a little nervous. Like sometimes I'm, I'm a hard stick sometimes. And being able to be open about that made it feel like it was a safe place to be. And so when I did that, that helped and really focused on some other things like connection and maybe just a little bit of fun that opened up the parasympathetic state. And if you, if you're on YouTube, you can see what I have, the emotions that I have for the parasympathetic state. I've got aligned and flow, open, trusting, and curious. And so when you're in this state, a lot of times people will call it the rest and digest state or the rest and, um, Oh goodness, rest and restore. It's just this, um, this healing place. It's a very restorative place because when you're able to do that, well, let me give you an example, another example for the sympathetic. If you hear some really terrible news or you see something really terrible, sometimes people will just like automatically start throwing up. Like we're so like our gut is connected to our brain so quickly because we got so activated in the sympathetic that we were not able to digest in that moment. And so when you're able to find ways to live more in that aligned parasympathetic state, it allows your body to repair, rest and repair. That was the one I was looking for. It allows you to repair into new things. And so I'm sorry, I've got, I've got kids. <laughs> so hang on a second. Anyway, so basically for this episode, I just want you to be aware that there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic states, and that these are going to help you to understand a little bit more of what's happening in your body. And it's something that I really love coaching around and helping people either to tap into that bottom up approach to live more in this parasympathetic state or the top-down approach where we're really looking at the thought work. All right, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.